Boom, and we're live. Welcome back, everybody, oh, to like the that. Intrinsic Podcast, just like that. We are excited to get started. We're going to try something different with these next two podcasts. So identity is something that we've spoken about before, um, but as we were sort of reflecting today, we were asking ourselves, what thing, podcast aside, would you and I, Omar and Juan, talk about for days and days and days? That we could just continuously talking about what's going on with this, what's this, and analyze it from every different way. And the number one thing that came up is sort of whatever's going on in our lives, identity. And it's something that I have in the past struggled with and worked towards and that Omar has also struggled with and continues to work towards. And so for the sake of also allowing our listeners to get to know us a little bit better, we wanted to do a sort of two-episode special, uh, just focused on each one of us. first one is going to be centered around my co-host, Mr. Omar. Hello, hello. And the second one will be about me. So like we said, this is going to be centered sort of around identity, um, life experiences, but of course we want these episodes to be helpful to you out there who are listening. So we are centering them around things that we have done to find ourselves things that we have struggled with ourselves and yeah hopefully just a general lesson uh, of how we've lived our lives maybe you can avoid things that we've done maybe you uh, have done things that we have done and so you you need maybe a sort of word of encouragement so just in general I think there's tremendous value behind getting to know just sort of normal people not necessarily celebrities and executives but people who are in the struggle right now with all of you out there and who are, for better or for worse, trying to improve themselves in this uh, tumultuous time, you can say. Jesus Christ, let me talk, Juan. Oh, yeah, this is the Omar episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Mine. What's up, guys? No, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, as Juan's explaining, we're going to be doing two you know, episodes to give you guys a deeper, more inside scoop of who we are and what we bring to this podcast and why we're doing it in the first place. Um, now, this is going to be slightly uncomfortable for both of us because we will be hitting some <laughs> sensitive areas. But uh, I think it's important both for ourselves and for everybody else that's listening to kind of always try to devote yourself to diving deeper into yourself uh, in order to recognize your mistakes, getting to know yourself, um, and as well as explaining to others where you're coming from and where you're going. Uh, it's all part of the journey. So, yeah, let's 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 kick it off. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's get started. So this is going to be the format of it is going to be sort of a little bit interview uh, basis. So really specific on sort of one person. We'll of course still dive into conversations where you, both you and I will sort of touch upon and elaborate on other things I've done and perhaps a different perspective. The way I saw it through uh, my eyes, something that you have gone through. Because at this point, I think. I've said before, it's we're going around about 10 years of friendship. So we've been there for some moments. And so I think it'll be useful not only for people out there, but for ourselves to sort of talk about that and the difference in perspectives of specific things. So are you ready? I don't think I'll ever be more ready. Oh, okay. Okay. Good, good. Let's go. All right. State your name for the record, please. 
My name is Omar Saldivar Ramirez with a <laughs> hyphen in between Saldivar and Ramirez. <laughs> Only one of my siblings that has that for some reason, but that is my full name. All right. And your age? Uh, 23. Going to be 24 this year. Oh, 23 going on 24. Yeah, I'm on my Michael Jordan year right now. And then next year, I'll be on to... Uh, the Kobe year. The Kobe year. There you go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. The Kobe. <laughs> All right. So, that's my first question. Let's start off general. Okay. Who is Omar? In a sense, tell me a little bit about yourself. God, I always hated that question. Yeah. It was always like the super like cheesy question that people would from ask work, you. From work. From work. Yeah, like... So who is the, you know, like, oh, God, dude, I just want this job. Um, <laughs> I just want money, bro. Yeah, like, just give me a paycheck, man. Yeah. Um, who am I? Um, currently, right now, I would describe as some, uh, myself as somebody who's trying to, I guess, redeem myself for my own sake, as well as somebody who's trying to uh, get the get the wheels turning and kind of revamp my life, uh, kind of really truly find the real essence of who I am. So that's currently who I am right now is somebody who's still trying to find out who I am, if that makes sense. Okay, yes. Okay, fair enough. Wrong answer? <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> Let me check my notes. Yeah, wrong answer. Um, okay, so let's dive sort of, not a little bit deeper, let's dive all the way down. Balls to the wall. Let's do this. Okay. What would you say is the one thing that you stand for. Ooh, the one thing I stand for. Your existence on this planet, right? if nothing else from who you are, is remember this is the one thing where they say, this is what Omar stood for. Mm. I guess I would, st- I would say I would stand for like humanity, like everybody being respected and being treated fairly, not equally, because there's no such thing as equal. As much as we'd like to move towards that, I think it's, uh, it's, it's something very, very difficult to really try to make happen. Um, but just having everybody being treated fairly, respectfully, um, that's something I've always stood for. I've never really liked bullies or, or I've never liked getting bullied either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have too much experience with it, but the few times I did get it, I was like, oh, I hate this shit. Like, I don't ever want to feel this ever again. Uh, so from a young age, I was always, like, super against it. So I would always try to make feel, people feel better, make people feel comfortable, and just kind of at home as compared to being felt like the outcast or, like, the weirdo or, like, they didn't belong. Um, so I kind of just, I mean, I just really care for people. I want people to be happy. I want people to be... Uh, comfortable in their own shoes so that's that's kind of what i stand for is just everybody's own kind of i guess respect so i guess you stand for everyone (laughs) yeah for (laughs) humanity you know (laughs) okay okay and all you listeners i stand for you (laughs) and what why is that why do you think like you said you talked about right bullying and that's bad and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth why why is it important to you that everyone is sort of treated equally, on equal footing? Well, when I was younger, I had this experience. I had changed uh, from my first elementary school to my second elementary school. And I was wearing this kind of like hand-me-down clothes, not from like one of my older siblings, but actually from somebody else from the school. And I remember I was like shamed for it being somebody else's clothes, for it looking kind of like raggedy and kind of, you know, just like 
shit, honestly. Um, and I just remember, like, that was, like, literally, like, one of the first weeks I was uh, at that school. And this girl, like, pointed me out, like, oh, yeah, look at his clothes. Like, he looks like, you know, like, he looks like poor. He looks like homeless or whatever. And that struck me like nothing else had ever struck me at that point in my life. And even to this day, it's still a slight trigger. Like, I've, I've kind of made my amends with it. I don't blame the girl. I mean, I don't even know her, but I've seen her around. But it struck me in such a weird sense where I was like, oh, whoa, like, what is this? Like, she doesn't even know me. And she's like shaming me. She's making me feel like shit. Like, I don't belong here. Like, I'm less than her. Um, and it gave me the worst feeling because I felt like I didn't belong, especially changing into a new elementary school. Like, I don't even belong here. Like, damn, like, I want to go to my old school now, you know? Uh, and so I just remember that whole that whole little situation. I was like, I want to do the complete opposite for everybody that I meet. I don't want to judge them on what they're wearing or what they're like or what their background is. I just want people to feel like, oh, here's a friend that I can make that doesn't care what I wear, doesn't care what I do or where I come from. Um, they don't care. They just really want to get to know me and appreciate me for who I am. Um, so that's kind of a little bit more background to that, but it's in the same, you know, it's bullying and all of that. Uh, I've always just hated that stuff. So. Right. And question along those lines as well, right? For you and I, and a lot of people out there, their culture sort of is a pillar in their identity. Yeah. Right. Like that's sort of, dictates a lot of their actions, uh, not only like willingly, but also unwillingly through the pressures of society and your parents and your family itself, mm-hmm. right? Being a Mexican-American man at this point. Yeah, so that is what I identify as, yeah. <laughs> Good, thank you for clearing that for the record. <laughs> yeah, for the record. What would you say is the best and worst thing from sort of growing up and and identifying as a Mexican-American thing? Mm. That's something I could go really deep into. I mean, there's a lot of different parts to that. Um, so let's stick with, with positive. What's the, what's the best thing? Are you like, fuck yeah, like I'm, I'm glad I'm Mexican-American? Well, we definitely have a lot of pride. Um, although sometimes that can kind of get in the way of things. But it's this this pride that we... we, we hold ourselves to a higher degree because it's like you're Mexican-American, so you're from two different uh, cultures, two different backgrounds. So it's like you have to be better. You have to be the best of those two combinations. Like, well, What if you, for example, like Italian-American? I mean, in that sense, you're two different cultures as well. Yeah. How is that different from being Mexican-American? Though, What makes it unique? What makes I'm Mexican-American this is the shit that's like, we got this shit? Well, we add our spice to it, you know? We add a little, what little chili mean? on that. What does that mean? <laughs> um, I think it's our, our our cultural background. I mean, if you're Mexican, I mean, there's so many different states within Mexico that have similar but totally different uh, traditions. Uh, there's a more indige- indigenous side, uh, Aztecs, Mayans. Um, but you have your, your, I guess you would call them cowboys or rancheros. Um you know, always on horseback. And then there's the influence from Spain. So you have like places like Jalisco where there's like mariachi music and there's like very beautiful architecture. And then you have also all the farms. You have like agave, you know, tequila is such a huge thing. Um, There's so much diversity within our culture. 
Um, and I think the neat thing is that when you go out, you see so much of it, whether you're out shopping or you see certain buildings. I mean, right here where, where I live, there's the one of the missions, um, and it's still standing to this day. And it's, it's influenced, it's, you know, you connect that more to the Spanish, but still it's, in some sense, it's, it's, uh, it's our ancestors, the people that came before us uh, that we're connected to. And you sit around you every day and you're like, you see the influence that our culture brings. But what, what makes it awesome to you? Like what's, what to you is like, fuck yeah, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to get this far because of this thing. I think it's the way that we carry ourselves. There's a lot of pride because we're so hardworking. So we're you so, say overall like the pride. It's, it always comes back to pride, but pride because we're hardworking, pride because we're dedicated, pride because we don't give up. There's a lot of pride in that for those reasons. I mean, a lot of the stories of how people get here, you know, the first generation, uh, the immigrants, uh, just, you know, you always hear about this journey that it takes to get here and to stay here, to gain your citizenship, your green card, whatever it may be, and then to finally just be like a resident. It's such a huge journey. And it's so powerful as a statement when you say, like, no, like, I am an American, right? And it's like, whoa. And you, and you hear people's voices, like, there's, like, tears, there's pain, like, everything. They literally put everything online to come here, and then they make a living here. And then there's the, the first generation that are born here, like us. And we get to live out some of these dreams that our parents weren't able to. And I guess, I guess just for me, like, hearing those stories and hearing of my own story, my parents' story, there's a lot of pride in that because they never gave up and because they didn't give up when they, to get here, I'm not going to give up now that I am here and, you know, continue to, I guess, roll out that dream for them and as well as for myself. feel like, feels like you're working for something larger than yourself. Absolutely. For, for a lot more people than just yourself. Yeah. It's for yeah. all the voices that, that don't have a voice. It's for all those people that, that can be heard Yeah, that I, are perhaps still stuck in the middle of that, of that whole dynamic. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of pride in there. I definitely connect with that. And so then let's look now to the other side. What's one thing that you think from your culture either holds you down or it's just disadvantageous, uh, whether in the States or in the world, whatever, whichever way? Something just like, fuck, like, I don't like this one thing about our culture. Like, this this is something that's, like, just not helpful mm. for people. I would say it's the machismo. Yeah. Um, that's something that's always also bothered me. Because I guess it also goes kind of in line with like being bullied or being the bully because with machismo, there comes a lot of ignorance that you are the man, that you're the best man, that you have to be the better man than everybody else. And in order to prove yourself as a man, you end up making a fool out of yourself. I mean, a complete asshole, really. Um, And I saw that, you know, coming up. Because I was always small, I was short, had a big head. You know, I wasn't the most masculine-looking <laughs> boy. I was like a mini George Lopez in the making. And uh, yeah, there, there, <laughs> there was nothing masculine about me. <laughs> just a big head. Yeah, just a big head. Wink, wink. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about the one on my shoulders, guys. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, to the point where like now that I have facial hair, I look myself in the mirror. Sometimes I just laugh at myself. I'm like, dude, shave that shit off. Like, what are you doing? You know. <laughs> but like. So, like, I'm, like, anti-masculine, so I, I just, I like, or ask anti-masculinity, and like, with cheese so, like, when I, like, look at myself, I actually laugh at myself. I'm not, like, oh, yeah, look at this, like, pump. Look because at this, you're like, looking like a man, or why yeah. do you want to shave? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just find it funny, because I, I struggled so much to get facial hair, yeah. and it's because of that same kind of uh, perspective that I, I guess 
I used to look at life through was that, oh, like, I have to be a man. I have to be a man's man. You know, I have to be a manly man. And, like, all <laughs> men have facial hair. Like, I need facial hair. And I want to be a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a fucking lumberjack, basically. And what I found myself doing is, like, struggling to grow facial hair. And I had, like, a little peach fuzz. And, my, like, my brother would shit on me all the time for it and, like, laugh. He's like, dude, just, like, shave that off, you know? Yeah. So, like, now that I can actually grow it, now it's like, oh, okay, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm still trying to do the same thing I was doing back then, but... This no longer applies to me. I like it for a fashionable purpose, I guess, is I guess or whatever. It looks decent, but I still laugh at it sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. because I see the little kid that struggles so 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 like much to grow facial hair, and now I have it. I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, anyways, back to the real question is, I think it's machismo. I think it's it, it brings down our our culture because it also embraces this negative energy around women and that they're their role in our lives and like just that alone, like it's their role in our lives Yeah, has to be, you know, accommodating to us. They have to be the ones that hold down the house while we go out and get the bread and just all that weird shit. Just like it goes neck and neck with women with machismo. And I don't know, I've never liked it because I feel like it's, it's something that's been integrated in our culture for a long time, but I think it's been our downfall because we've silenced women. We haven't let women, you know, exceed past those expectations and our culture would be so much further ahead had we, you know, taken a step back from this machismo a while back. Um, because, you know, uh, both guys and women, men, women, uh, they have their upsides or downfalls. But I don't think it's either one of them or up to either one of them to decide what, what that is. I think it's for each other to decide. Like, like say, me, myself, I'll decide what my downfall is. I'm not going to let either a guy or, or a girl decide that for me. Same with women. Like they shouldn't really let anybody else decide what they can and can't do. It just doesn't seem right for me. And so that machismo basically just restrains us as our culture, as a people, as a race, whatever you want to call it. Right. it. It keeps us back. Definitely. Interesting. Interesting. I kind of, I didn't expect that answer, but I definitely agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it's something that, like you said, just to put it simply, it kind of puts people specifically women and even men at a disadvantage because then you're having this other super large population not believing in themselves to the extent that you, they should believe in themselves. Yeah. Not seeing, right? like for some people, right, it's the simple thing of like seeing people who look like you in positions of power and positions of authority and thinking like, yeah, I can do that. And yeah. So that's something that definitely I, I agree. I agree with. Okay, so that's right sort of things that Culture-wise, now let's focus on Omar. Mm. So I know this sounds sort of like a superficial question, but I want you to look sort of deep inside. What would you say is your one, <laughs> what's you say is your one sort of biggest strength? The thing that you're like, yep, this is what makes me me, and this is why I can fuck shit up. Biggest strength. Well, it's definitely not anything physical. <laughs> so no actual strength. <laughs> no, no actual strength. Uh, no gains. <laughs> Working on it, though. Coming soon. Um, it's definitely all in my mind. Um, I don't know if I would want to attribute to any like specific trait or just like my my mind, my 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 manner of thinking, because I never like to connect to any one single side. As I've mentioned before, I'm always like tend to be neutral 
or I just try to kind of, I guess, play the devil's advocate with myself. And I'm like, okay, so here's this side of the argument and here's the other side. Um, and then because of that, of doing that so much, I really find myself in the neutral zone uh, most of the time uh, because I could see how a lot of things could be right and wrong. Um, and so if I apply that to like my life, I mean, throughout my whole life, that's kind of how I've always been. Um, I'll look at the positive side of something. I'll look at the negative side of something and before I even go through with it. Um, so I'm very kind of open-minded. I guess that's what I want, I want to call it is just being very open-minded. Um, because like when we met, that was because of it. It's because we were both so open-minded and we just kind of like went on super long tangent conversations and just like, whoa, like this guy's interesting. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm interesting too. Cause he's still here, you know, like yeah. I'm not boring him kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I always really enjoyed stuff like that. Um, or just, I guess, questioning stuff, trying to seek a deeper truth, a deeper meaning to life, to relationships, just to everything. Um, that I always very much enjoyed. So that was like my biggest strength is just the willingness, the hunger, uh, and I guess the calmness within myself to to find deeper truths, to always kind of question more, dig deeper. Because uh, there's a Ooh, lot of people. I like that. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that can't take it. Like they're curious, but then like, okay, okay, this is where I stop. I got to stop being curious because then they find out certain things that either makes them uncomfortable or certain things that just trigger them. They're like, okay, this is where I stop. And that's what I've been able to do is move past that, like surpass those uncomforts and just continue digging, continue digging. Um, so that's probably my biggest strength is just my open-mindedness and eagerness to continue to learn. And then what about, on the other side, your weakness? And I'll add a different level to this. Okay. What's your biggest weakness? And right, we've been friends for 10 years. What do you think I think is your biggest weakness? So you start first oh. with your, what do you think your biggest weakness is? Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Um, well, for me, for myself, what I think my personal, my, my weakness is, biggest weakness is probably like, I have like this, like, I guess, I, this is what I call it. I don't even know if this is like the actual term for it, but like an addictive personality. <laughs> yeah, you do use that quite yeah, often. <laughs> I do. I really do. Um, there's just something that I've been digging more into recently, but... Um, from a younger age, I noticed that I would grow addicted to certain things and I would obsess over it. Some things were good. I mean, I would get addicted or have like a habit of, you know, things that I guess would interest me. So if I got really into cars, like now I'm going to obsess with it, you know, I'll yeah. become so obsessed with it to the point where I literally cannot learn any more about it. Like, and, and then I just get over it and I move on. Um, it happened with certain cars, happen with music, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then that same personality when applied to certain other things like substances was not so good. So then I went down really, 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 really dark time uh, because once you become addicted to like something like, like alcohol, well, after a while, you're not the one that's drinking it. It's drinking you. Like yeah. it's taking care. It's taking, it's taking over you. So in that instance, that's when it became negative. And because of that, um, it impacted my life so greatly that that's what I would say would be my biggest downfall. Um, it was just that personality that I have to, I guess, become so interested in something and then just try to either, that's not even so much about becoming the, the best at it. It's just like, I just obsess over it and then I become addicted to it. It's a bad habit that I have. So that's probably my, I guess, biggest do you think weakness. You can, do you think you can control that? I'm working on it now, and I do think so. 
at one time, though, I didn't believe in that. I thought that it was just something that I was going to have to deal with my whole life. Um, and that also came from a very negative kind of mindset. But more recently, I was able to, I guess, work really hard towards taking control of that part of my life. And it hasn't been easy, but I do believe that you can control that. Um, it's not something that I think ever goes away. And people that have dealt with uh, addictions themselves will probably understand when I say this. It's something that you deal with kind of your whole life. But in the beginning, I think, is when it's the most difficult to just stop, especially when you've been going on a super long binge uh, or like on a weekend or something. Um, because the problem is that it's so much easier to stop once you've overconsumed. You know, like if you've blacked out drunk and you're hungover, well, yeah, it's totally easy to say, look, oh, I'm going to stop now. Right, and yeah. then the day after, like, yeah, like I, I don't want that anymore. But the problem is when you're now sober again and you're in your right mind, you still fall back to the same decision. You still fall back into it. Um, so the beginning is the most difficult process. But once you can kind of get the ball rolling, um, it becomes easier as you continue working towards it. Um, you'll probably still question yourself. I mean, if you're like me, you'll probably still question yourself every part of the way. But it definitely gets easier, especially with the right support system. Okay. And what would you say, just a little bit of a side question on that, just to elaborate more, what sort of, you said that one thing that some people don't realize is you deal with it for the rest of your life type of thing. Mm -hmm. What's, what's, do you think, like, one sort of misconception from people who have either people who have gone through the addiction side or people who you think have sort of addictive personalities? Um, like, if I think about that in my mind, what do you think? Like, I would, I would be like, nah, that's actually not it, bro. Well, I, I couldn't say anything like that about you because you actually, you've gotten to know me fairly well. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't assume you are saying something like this, but yeah, just, just someone else, perhaps somebody else or somebody that doesn't know me or just somebody, uh, like say if I were, just say for example, we have a random, we'll just make up a character. We'll just call him John. And John just kind of goes rolling down the street and he sees a homeless person outside of a liquor store you know, with a half-drank bottle of Jack Daniels um, and just chugging away at it. And as he, this John gentleman walks by, he gets asked, like, hey, man, can you spare some change? And he'll look at him and he's like, oh, you fucking piece of shit. Like, all you want is just more money to go buy another bottle, you know? Yeah. And so they perceive it as some sort of laziness or lack of action on their end. Um, but they don't understand that it's an actual illness. Now, right. it's something that it's hard to accept. Even I myself couldn't accept it. Like when I started going to like therapy and all that, I was like, no, this is bullshit. Like it's not, it's, it's not, not that bad. It's exactly, it's not that bad. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's probably the misconception that it's quote unquote, not that bad. Um, alcohol at the end of the day, as well as other drugs is, I mean, it's a drug. Alcohol is a drug. Um, it's an antidepressant and it's, something that if you are addicted to, you should definitely seek out help. Um, and the simplest way to know whether you need help or not is how often do you drink? I mean, you should ask yourself. There's people that drink only on the weekends, but even that, that's a form of an addiction because you'll work your whole week and then you seek out the, the alcohol at that weekend, like a reward system. Yeah. And it's a flawed system because the reward is something that's actually negative and bad for you. So it's like... How, how does that work, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's just a huge misconception of alcohol just because it's legal, especially in other countries where it's legalized at a younger age, you know, 18, sometimes I think 16. Yeah. Um, I think in Mexico it's, it's at 18. 
So that's the biggest mis- misconception that it's it's not that bad, that it's not as serious. But I think alcohol is probably like one of the biggest things that kills people on this planet. Yeah. Whether you're under the influence of it while you're driving or you're just under the influence and you make a bad decision, you know, it alters your, your state of mind. So yeah, for sure. And then the second part of the, the bigger question, what do you think I think is your biggest weakness? What I think you think is my biggest weakness is probably, I used to think this more back in the day. I still slightly think it, but not as much. Um, also part of the reason because I probably accepted that was true like further back in the day mm-hmm. um, was like that I was like lazy. Like that there was just, yeah, just like laziness to me, I guess. That it was just, yeah, just I guess laziness. There's no other way that I would call it. Um, although, like I said, a while back it was true. I was really like not doing absolute shit, especially with the problems that I had at the time. Yeah, I was definitely not doing shit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, though, I've been taking like a lot of action. Like if I were to compare the amount of energy I was investing back in the day to now, it's not even like 100%. It's, it's like astronomical. Fucking, it's just like it's disgusting. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. Like what the yeah. fuck happened? Like why didn't you just kind of like go slowly, you know, like mm-hmm. do like a little incremental change? Like, no, no, no. I went balls to the fucking wall. I was like, it's time to get my shit together. This year's my year. I got a podcast now. I'm accountable. I don't want to be a fucking hypocrite. Uh, so I went balls to the wall. Still am. I'm gonna keep that energy going. But I think that's what I used to think. Like I said, more so back in the day. Not not so much more recently. But yeah, that you just thought I was like lazy, uh, which kind of triggered me sometimes. But it wasn't so much coming from you, just because I would get that like from my mom too, or like yeah. other people. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not lazy. Like I know I'm not lazy. And what just, about what about now? What do you think? now i think is your biggest weakness uh probably that I, mm, i'm not even 100 percent sure about that that's not really something i've thought about quite well, so much why, that's why we're here i would probably say maybe that i just overthink things maybe i don't know let's check with the answer oh there's no answer oh, wrong uh, answer <laughs> I was <somebody> like, <laughs> and, wrong answer both wrong answers i've never thought you were lazy and i've, I've never thought uh, what was the second thing you said um that I just overthink things? Yeah, I've never... Th- especially... <laughs> I don't think overthink things. Yeah. Um, as your friend for, like I said, almost 10 years, um, I feel like your biggest weakness has always been the same thing. It's okay. gotten... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? It's gotten... <laughs> I, got all the, I got all the fire over here. It's We're gotten throw better. hands right now, live on the podcast. It's gotten better over time, um, as always. <laughs> you say you're going to throw hands on yeah. the podcast. I just live. cut that. <laughs> Um, no, I'd say your biggest weakness is, uh, urgency. Um, ah, okay. That's something that in the past, like you said, was extremely pronounced, which could sort of, I suppose, be interpreted as laziness. I never thought about you as lazy. Cause like you told me, like you started working like at 12 or 13 or whatever it was right. like lazy person doesn't start working at that age. Like I didn't start working until like 16 or 17. Right. So it's Fair like, enough. that would be hypocritical of me. Um, it's the way I see it is urgency because, like I said, it's gotten better over time. Um, but even right this past year, like I'm super proud of you because you did hella shit. And like you said, you've talked about in the podcast, you've gotten to know yourself a lot better. You have learned the lessons that you ignored in the past. Mm-hmm. And you've grown a lot in that respect. The reason why I still think it's your biggest weakness is because you're taking, you're making more actions now. You're taking 
actions into your own hands now. Okay. But as you're finding out, it's not enough. It's it's a step in the right direction to take actions, mm-hmm. but it's not everything. You have to take action with purpose and like on the spot. So I'm like, all right, so I have a decent amount of time to do this. You know, I'm going to get this done and it's going to get done. That's good. Yeah. It's going to get this done. But that sense of urgency is like, okay, I have three weeks to get this done. I'm going to try to get this shit done in three days. Yeah. I'm going to try to do this in one week. Something like that. Even if you fail, because chances are you you'll probably will fail. Yeah. But it's that sense of urgency of if I gave you a task right now and I said, Omar, you have five years to do this one big thing. Let's say make a business worth a million dollars, something like that, mm-hmm. right? You you go and you're gonna take it easy. You're gonna be like, all right, I got five years. So I'm gonna do this right. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna stick it to Juan. I'm gonna fucking do this shit. Now imagine a different scenario. I say, Omar, I need you to make me a one million dollar company in one fucking year. One year from today, I need you to have one million dollar company, right? Mm. Same exact goal, different timeline, different sense of urgency. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And so, by default, I think the thing that you should sort of put more emphasis on is that sense of urgency. Because like I said, chances are you probably can't make that million dollar business in a year. It's possible, Mm. right? But even if failing, let's say you get to like 80% of the job, right? In the five years, I guarantee after a year, you won't even be at 40% Mm -hmm. because you have that time, because you're not... You have the fire, but the fire is turned a little below. It's simmering. It's, it's dimming, yeah. It's simmering. You, you got you got that sopa, you know, you got sopa de letras. Oh, you got okay. it simmering. You got it simmering. Okay. I think the thing that you need is turn that heat up. Yeah, now you got my attention now. Sopa de letras. You got me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turn the heat up. And like I said, I've said this like a million times on the podcast to you, to pretty much everyone that's around me. Like, we're going to be here for a very short amount of time. Not just this episode, in life. Yeah. And we can't be taking our time with things, being like, all right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. We need to fucking attack and fall down and sprint. Because as soon as you look back, it's all over. Yeah. So that's why I'd say. Well, thanks for making me sad one. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh I think there's definitely uh a shift of urgency that needs to happen. It's been happening, but I'd probably say, like, out of all the progress I've made, that's probably what's been progressing the slowest out of everything else. Like, everything else is fairly rapid, but that's probably, like, slower. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it only makes sense, like I said. It's not something that I'm like, oh, dude, why aren't you more urgent? It makes sense because from going to a place where you avoided problems, then you went to a place where you acknowledged the problems, then you went to a place where you did something about the problems, Mm -hmm. the next logical step is, Let's do it better. Let's yeah. do it quicker. So it's not like, oh shit, why is this going on? It's just like, yeah, it's 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 the way it goes. Um, but like I said, I've said before, like, hey, I think you have a lot of potential because you've done a lot of good stuff, but you sort of stopped just before. You're like, oh, he's pretty good, but you stopped just before being great, just mm. before being like that guy is a fucking badass. Yeah, and I think, like I said, the one thing is like. The urgency of like, I need this shit. Yeah, I definitely want to be a badass. I don't want to be like a decent ass. 
Yeah. I don't like that term. Or a good ass. No, yeah. you got to be a badass. I don't want to be called a good ass either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be called that at all. Hey. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> you don't want to be a good ass? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Fair enough. That's on the record. Omar does not like to be called a good ass. Not a good ass. No good asses here, guys. <laughs> and ladies. Hey, I work out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Here you are, 23. And then right across from the table, right, right at that camera, is See, Omar with 28 years old. Right? What do you think what do you think he's telling you? What do you think he would like to tell you? So 20-year-old Omar talking to 23-year-old Omar. Hmm. What are you thinking he's, is he saying? Is he yelling at you saying do this? If he's saying like, "Hey, you know, you're doing all right." What what is he saying? Uh I find that hella funny because I've been like actually listening to a few different podcasts uh specifically i mean I'll, I'll 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 shout it out i mean they're bigger than us so it's not like i'm giving them any <laughs> promotion if anything they gave me promotion yeah uh or us um it's called the honeydew podcast mm-hmm. and the guy that hosts it his name is ryan sickler and at the very end of uh these interviews because they're basically like interview type podcasts he always tells them to like say that same thing like what's one thing you would tell your younger self and i've been hearing so many of those and that actually kind of got me to start thinking of that question itself. So I'm actually ready for this one right now. Ooh, okay. He I'm studied up. Ready. He studied up. Um, I'd fucking probably tell myself to hurry the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I'd be like, get your shit together. Um, like, I'm very proud of where I'm coming from and where I'm going. Um, but if I could do it quicker, that would be a lot better. I, I don't... None of, like, the mistakes I've made or anything, I wouldn't take any of that back. The only thing I would take back is just the amount of time it's taking to to get there. You know, um, because as I think most people would agree, like once you reach a goal, it feels so good, like for the first five seconds and they're like, fuck, now what's next? Why did it take me so long? Yeah. Like why did I, well, it's like uh, the first thing is like, oh, fuck, what's next? And then you like start working on the next thing and then you like start reflecting on the thing that you've already achieved and you're like, damn, dude, it fucking took me like two years to do that. It's going to take me like probably like four for this shit. Yeah. That was know? pretty easy back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, damn, that shit was actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, so that's probably it. Just you know, just be quicker about it. Be smooth about it, but be quicker. Okay. Um, yeah. And then what about twenty-three year old Omar? What would you say or ask to twenty-eight year old you? How'd you do it? <laughs> How'd you do it? <laughs> the se- what? What's the secret sauce? Yeah. What's What's the sauce? Um, uh, I know. If 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 I if I actually got the opportunity to like somehow time travel and like ask my twenty-eight year old version of myself. Yeah. Um. I would ask him, like, have you found happiness yet? That's probably what I would ask myself. Because mm-hmm. that's, with all the things that I'm changing and I'm trying to do, like, that's the main goal, you know? Always. All the shit I'm doing is shit if I don't end up being happy, you know, like, yeah. like, like satisfied. Um, and not just, like, at a place where, like, oh, I get to, like, throw the towel now, like, I'm done. I'm saying, like, just real inner happiness or, like, I'm joyful. Like, I could wake up and I have to go, like, run a marathon or I could wake up, I have to go to work. Or I could wake up and I have to go use the restroom, whatever. But like, it'd be the same attitude all all along. Like I'm joyful, I'm happy, I'm happy to be here. You know, yeah. Um, I'm still very grateful with everything I'm doing and stuff. But sometimes there's days where I really struggle still, um, and I'd like that to, to be not non-existent, but at a much smaller scale. So when it presents itself, it's like okay, that ain't no thing. It's one of those days, whatever. Because. Um, People will be like, ah, oh, hey, man, you'll have some bad days. It's all right. But I'm like, motherfucker, bad days. I'm still trying to get there. I'll be having like <laughs> fucking bad weeks, bad months, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, just happiness. Like, how are you happy yet? Are you there yet? Like, how'd you find it if you did find it? Mm-hmm. Um, or if he hasn't, 
what have you done to get closer to that? Right. Okay. And this will be sort of the last general question, and then we'll sort of leave it to Omar to give us some of his methods towards finding yourself. The sauce. Ooh, the secret sauce. The sauce. <laughs> um, happiness. You talked about happiness. And from knowing you and in general, I guess, society, right, your happiness tends to be right influenced by your family. And, of course, we've talked about your family right now. Yeah. But now looking to the future, right, your wife, your kids. Or husband. Or husband. There you go. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, who do you think she is? Who do you think is sort of your dream girl out there? And I'll who ask do you this, think you are? <laughs> and I'll ask this in a, in a sort of to be more specific. Okay. A thing that I found out about myself when I started asking myself questions and like, all right, who am I? One of the big things I found, right, was like, all right, your happiness is influenced by the people around you and will by extension be influenced by your significant other, your partner, Mm -hmm. right? But again, the thing that as you're, right, everyone who's out there growing and learning about more, more about themselves, you're finding out. Who makes you happy? What type of girl makes you happy, right? And it mm. stops being, at least for guys, right? Just like, ooh, she's hot. She's cute. And it starts being more specific, like, damn, she works really hard. Yeah. She's really passionate about this, or she does this and that. Yeah. Who is that? It's funny, because that's something I've been trying to answer my whole life. I mean, from the first girl that I think I fell in love with, or what I thought was love, like, since, like, it was, like, kindergarten, early first grade. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um Till the day where like I got my heart broken. Fast forward to then the day where like I got some shady shit happen. Aww. You know all of that. <laughs> um, I've been asking myself that same question all along, because I would always ask myself as I was you know with that uh, talking to that girl or whatever. Like, is this the one? Is she's the one that's right for me? And I would almost always find something that was just like off. Like, no, I think this or that thing doesn't seem right. But I'd always just kind of go along with it in the hopes that. Excuse me. It would uh, work itself out or it would just stop being important to me or something, you know? Yeah. But I'd be very naive about it. Like, yeah, that's the bright energy. Like, yeah, just look past those defects. You know, nobody's perfect and, you know, whatnot. But it was I was very naive, though, to think like, oh, yeah, if I just kind of set this off to the side, like, I will just continue to be in a relationship or whatever and it'll be fine. Like, no. Um, so... When I was younger, I would say, oh, she's got to have the perfect body. She's got to have that kind of shape or whatever. Yeah. And then fast forward to, you know. Let's say now. Now, it has almost nothing to do with the body or, like, physical appearance. Yeah, it, I'd be, like, lying if I said, like, I, I don't want, like, a specific, I guess, kind of person or what they would look I like. Mean, the physical attraction yeah. always has to be there. Yeah. Um, but it's not that important anymore. Yeah. It's really... Um, the essence of who that person is they're who that girl who is she where you at where you at where you at slide through fuck slide my dms why are you taking so goddamn long goddamn (laughs) uh it's just i guess it would be okay stop fucking circling around the question thank you very much um it would be a it would be a woman that is very very confident somebody that perhaps exceeds in the things that i lack and somebody who's a mentor, a teacher, as well as being somebody very humble and w- like willing to share and open up about their journey. Um, 
I wouldn't really say that they would have to come from a certain background or, or anything like that, but just who they are at that moment when I meet them has to be somebody who just really attracts me because they've fucking figured some shit out for themselves. Like they've really had to like break themselves down so low so they could build themselves back up similar to what I'm doing because only then would I really, really enjoy being with that person because I feel like if I had met somebody who didn't have that quality, I'd be thinking at the back of my mind, like maybe they still haven't reached that part in their life yet. Maybe the level or the step that I already reached, they won't reach until, you know, a few more years. And then I'd ask myself, am I part of their journey? Am I part of their growth? Or am I actually keeping them back from that? Yeah. Um, Because as I had shared with you, and I think I kind of briefly talked about on the podcast, like there was this one, uh, girl who was very very special to me but I wasn't sure of myself or what I wanted at the time and I really valued her friendship and then I was kind of like an idiot and I let her go um and she went on to do great things so at the time I was kind of butt her I was like oh fuck like why would she just bounce on me like that but I was in such a low place I was like where else would she go like not to say like oh nobody's gonna hang around when you're a loser it's not about that but it's just like you're going through so much stuff that sometimes you need to be left alone to figure it out on your own. So if we were to reacquaint ourselves like five years from now or something, it'd be a, maybe a different story if she were to be single. Yeah. Wink, wink. But, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have understood it now. And say if we had gone together at the time, me being at my lowest, it probably wouldn't have worked out anyways. Yeah. Not to say that there'd be any lack of effort or anything on her end, it'd probably just be on my end because I was so low mentally. Not right? the right time for both yeah, of you. Yeah, not the right time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, when it happens, when it when it when it clicks, it'll click. You know, I'm not in a rush. I'm I'm open minded, but she does have to have those traits that, you know, that eagerness to live, to enjoy every step of the moment of the process of you know figuring herself out, becoming a better person, um, and she's also got to be able to help. I like people that help. Mm-hmm. That have that big heart. I don't like people that are stuck up. Mm-hmm. It kind of bothers me. I get it. There's people out there that just don't like sharing. That's cool. But I'm going to share my cookies. <laughs> like, if you sit with me, you can have one of my cookies. All right. Just one, just one. Well, there so. you go. For all you out there, he will give you his cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all the chicks that are listening to this, like, yeah. I'll share my cookie with you if you share your cookie with me, okay? That's but, basically how we're we're going to end that. That's how it's going to work. All right. <laughs> Perfect. So now we're going to finish up and want to finish up with three sort of quick methods not quick methods in life but three methods that omar specifically has used to find himself so what do you got for us omar so the funny thing is is i actually wrote some stuff down before the podcast but as i was talking uh, earlier as we're you know recording this i remembered something that i had kind of set aside a long time ago that i used as kind of like a three-step process whenever you wanted to change something about yourself like I would always say, and I still think of it, that it's like a three-step process to wanting to change something about yourself. So I'll say that before I say the other th- three things that I come at, what came up with. Um, it's acknowledge, reflect, and either commit or take action. Yeah, I think we've talked about that in that one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still, I think, a very big key component to this. Yeah. But aside from that... Give us some specifics. Give us the, the secret sauce. Come on now. Like for sure, for sure, number one. Number one at the top of the list is reflection. Yeah. Like you got to be able to reflect, look deep into yourself. Like 
like I said, I do it almost every day. I'm, mm. In a sense, it's almost like negative because I'm just doubting myself or questioning myself. But that's what needs to happen in order for me to be sure that the next step I take is the right one. Because if the current step that I'm on isn't the right one, then I can't even get to the next step. I got to take a step back, reevaluate, and then get back to that next step, right? Right. Um, so reflection is really important. And I'm not talking about waking up in the morning, brushing your teeth, looking in the mirror and like, oh, is that, what's that little crud of mine? Like, or, or whatever, you know? Like, I'm talking about like, you look at yourself in a deeper, deeper way. Like sometimes for certain people, it might almost be dark because it's so uncomfortable, but that's when you know you've really reflected. If you're reflecting on yourself and it starts getting really sad or like really depressing, that's when you're on the right path, unfortunately. Keep going. Because it's the ugly truth. It's what you don't want to acknowledge. It's what you don't share with people. It's that stuff that's at the back of your mind with the cobwebs that you've set aside, that you've you know put other thoughts on top of, kind of shoved it all the way behind in a corner. It's those deep inner uh, dark truths that you need to acknowledge because it's most likely the stuff that's keeping you away from being who you really are or from being successful. So you need to reflect on those things. And until you work on those things, you won't get ahead because you will always be restrained by those things. And until you acknowledge that through reflection, you won't really get there yet. Um, so that's a major thing. Reflection number one. For reflection all is number one. Number two. Uh, number two, accountability. Now, that's something that I really struggled with. Uh, to this day, it's still something I'm working on. Um, but that was a major leap that I took uh, beginning last year um, and working aggressively this year is accountability. Now, you could be trying as hard as you want. You could be making as many moves as you think you are. But at the end of the day, if you're not keeping yourself accountable, you'll never really be uh, able to keep track of where you're going or where you're coming from. Now, people are different. Some people prefer to keep themselves accountable. Now, for me, I know I can't do that. So that's why I reach out to my fellow friend here, Juan. <laughs> He's kept me on my shit. Um, and sometimes it's the ugly truth, but I don't want to hear. But that's what I need, right? Now, if you're able to do that for yourself, hey, that's great. I mean, I commend you for that. That's, that's a huge, huge value. Yep. But some people, like me, we can't do that. We struggle on that. So sometimes you need to reach out to a fellow friend or a family member or somebody that you trust, perhaps a mentor, that can keep you accountable for the progress that you're making or lack of progress that you're making because it kind of allows you to look at your life like kind of like a graph sheet um, where if you're not moving in the right direction, it's really easy to pinpoint. And then you can, you know, through reflection, start thinking of, okay, what went wrong here? Why am I not doing so well? What happened that day? Did I eat like pizza? Was it like really shitty food? Or did it have something to do with the day before? Or was it because of the breakup? Or was it because, you know, X, Y, and Z? But it's accountability that's going to make sure that you continue on the right path. And when you're not on the right path, it'll also keep you on, you know, like on your shit. Um, honesty, really. Um, then number three? Number three is allowing for time to heal you. Or just allowing for a healing process to even commence. Um, so what I discovered with a lot of the people that I met through, uh, AA Alcoholics Anonymous, not to be confused with AAA, the insurance agency, um, <laughs> who's okay. I have them. They're all right. Yeah. They're they all right. They're they all right. right. 
uh, sponsor us up. You know, we could use a sponsor. Yeah, if you sponsor, then you're definitely a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what I learned is that a lot of these people had dealt with so much pain throughout their lives. Um, and so they turned to alcohol to try to numb the pain, whatever feeling, um, you know, and they kind of got themselves in this kind of swirl, this weird cycle of life where they weren't really living, but they were just kind of repeating over and over again, the same mistakes. Um, and they neglected themselves for so long that it's just like they weren't even themselves anymore. And the main problem there that I found, um, as I was talking to these people is they denied their, their, their healing process. Like whenever they spoke about their pain, it's like they deserved it. And whenever you would speak to them about healing, it's like, Oh no, no, I I don't deserve that. Or I can't, I, I, I don't need that. Or I shouldn't have that. Um, and I think that was like a big, big, uh, missing puzzle piece to a lot of these people, um, that I was able to find for myself. Um, and I hope that those people someday too, if they haven't already, but we tend to be our, our biggest critics in this journey of life. And unfortunately, sometimes we're working so hard. We dedicate ourselves so hard to our jobs, our careers, or whatever it may be, to the point where we kind of almost distract ourselves from our, our real inner self. Um, and there's things that people endure in their younger childhood, and they continue to grow with without talking about it, without assessing properly Sometimes it's things that you need to talk about with a professional, whether it be a therapist or, you know, a doctor, you know, you name it. But it's it's this pain that people have that they're not healing properly that will restrain them also for the rest of their lives because they deny themselves that. Um, so that's what number three is for me is just allowing yourself to heal um, and speaking up about it, really. You know, those inner pains, those inner whatever just uh, to get it out, just talk about it, reflect on it. If you know what it is and you can identify it, talk about it with a professional or talk about it with somebody you trust and start that healing process. Boom. Just like that. Boom. Omar's top three methods towards finding yourself. Yeah. Run us through quickly. So number one, we have reflection. Number two, we have accountability. And number three is allowing for time to heal or, you know, allowing yourself to, to start the healing process. It's a pleasure to know you, sir. Oh, oh yeah. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> and and look, look forward to uh, episode number 19 where we'll be <laughs> diving deep into the life of Juan. Juan Juan. Juan Sin. <laughs> El Juan. El Juan and only. Okay. Yeah. I think they understand that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to end this one with a words of wisdom that I actually found. This is as much for all of you out there as it is for my friend Omar. Okay. And I hope these words guide everyone out there, including okay, myself. Yeah. It's a vibe. And here it goes. A man without a vision for his future always returns to his past. Beautiful. There it Beautiful. is. I Thanks like for it. listening, everyone. As always, this has been my co-host, Mr. Omar. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, guys. And thank you to my co-host, Juan. Ooh. Uh, get ready, guys, because we're going for Juan next one. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. All right, let's end it with a little round of applause. Okay, round of applause. Round to of ourselves. Applause. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't bother you guys as you. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs>